dearly beloved friends, we gather here. Achoo! In this time of man's great innocence. Innocence? Innocence? No? Hey folks, it's Tabby from Modern Life Podcast. I've got Stacy here with me today. Hi. You can find us at modernlifepodcast.com and also at Instagram and Twitter at Modern Life Pod. Today we're going to be talking about the new Emma that came out in 2020 by Autumn DeWild. But before we get into that, Stacy, what's your modern thought today? My modern thought is it's pretty simple, actually. It's just about the new mass trend that's picking up and like how it's now becoming a new accessory. Like if you go onto stores, websites, like online websites, they actually have like all these different types of masks and how they predicted that it's now going to be like the number one accessory in 2021, which I thought was interesting because it's like something that's so mm. surgical, like in appearance and it covers your face. I don't know. It's just an interesting choice, I guess you could say. People are putting like rhinestones on it. Oh yeah, and... crazy stuff. Like there's some lady in I in Iceland that's like making knitting them and like doing all kinds of like crazy like <laughs> like alien like masks and yeah. But do you I think just... that's gonna last after the pandemic is over? I think that the pandemic, from what I've read, is going to be here for at least another year to two until we build up enough immunities to fight against it. So I think it's going to be a solid trend. I think it's here to stay for at least a year. I don't know if it'll stay And then you'll that. be like uncool if you don't have... That's kind of the design that they're trying to go into. And I think it's their way of like encouraging like the youth to like actually wear them and things like that. So Nice. Mine already talked to Stacey about, but it's Never Have I Ever, the new show on Netflix. It just recently came out. It's like your typical high school show. It kind of mixes Easy A, The Duff, and then Anne and Gilbert from Anne of Green Gables. I, I like that because I don't think you do need to reinvent the wheel every time you make a new show. But I think what kind of elevates it or makes it more interesting is actually the diversity because the main family is Indian and you have a lot of influences on the story just because they're Indian and just a specific type of humor too. There's one scene where one of the Indian family members says to the other one, oh, do you want to watch this new Bollywood movie? It's only seven hours long. And like, just the humor is like really funny. And I think it's just something light and easy to watch right now. Um, the episode's only like 20 minutes long and there's only 10 of them. So if you need something uplifting, never have I ever on Netflix. I have yet to watch it, but I've been encouraged to. <laughs> so let's get into the main topic. Emma first came out in 1815 by Jane Austen. It follows kind of a rich, beautiful young girl within her community, within her parish, and kind of the adventures that happen to her within that very confined space. Emma believes herself to be kind of like a matchmaker, and as the story goes on, we find out that her skills in that might not be as good as she believes them to be. <laughs> What's your first uh, item on the list over there, Stacy? Oh, mine is just more notes on the movie and things that I noticed that I don't know whether they worked or not. I actually ended up going back and reading the book because I was just curious. Like The opening scene to the movie, I, I found jarring. It, it brought a, a, an opinion of like not liking the movie. It, like I, I had an overwhelming feeling I wasn't going to like the movie in the end, which actually ended up changing because I did end up liking the movie in the end. But I think the original portrayal of Emma in this movie like kind of bothered me at first i always thought of her as haughty and like thought of herself very highly and conceited but it never in a point where she, it's dislikable and in the opening scene i found her very dislikable mm -hmm. which i find after i read several reviews that i think that that was a and listened to a couple uh, of the director's opinions on this that she did that on purpose and i still don't know if it works for me but I definitely think that the learning curve made me like her a lot more. And I definitely feel like the portrayal of uh, Mr. Knightley made me like her more. So like mm. his role made and his take on it made me, it worked so well between the two of them that in the end I ended up liking the Emma character, but it still 
Yeah, this is definitely one that leans more towards her being a little more unlikable. I think Clueless is kind of like that too, where she's just a little insufferable and people are so split with Emma where they either really don't like her or it's their favorite book. Yeah. You know, and I think it's also tough to show every every opinion that she has about all the people around her, which are sometimes so obnoxious. I think it's tough to show that in a movie without doing like a voiceover or... But then I compare it to something maybe like the Gwyneth Paltrow version where she is is really like sweet and demure and, you know, she makes a lot of mistakes, but you really root for her. And I think those are two very different approaches and they both work for me, yeah. I think. I think that there's a balance in the middle that no one's really found yet because I went back and I looked at some of the... I mean, I loved the version with um, Gwyneth Paltrow that that version was i loved it from start to finish Mm -hmm. um but going back and looking at the like rereading the book and then looking at some of the scenes i was like okay she's she's a little too sweet right for the actual book and then this Mm -hmm. one to me she just went a little over the top there was the haughtiness that was like unlikable to me and i get that that's part of her character but at the same time it didn't fully work for me that's fair. Yeah. yeah. It, it just, it, I, I feel like there was a balance between the two that needs to occur. Actually, I don't, like Clueless, she's very insufferable, like insufferable, but there's always a likability to her. Like she's annoying and she's, to me, that character actually did work the balance a little bit better than others because mm. she's still mean, but it's never to the point where you're like, uh, maybe it's because it's done in modern day, like mm. modern day at the time. And so I saw uh, like more maybe I could buy into it more because it's of the of the script and like how it's set mm-hmm. but it it just I don't know so something I actually really liked that didn't change throughout the movie is in that very first scene how they treat their servants and the depiction of class in the movie was one of my favorite things there's no arc there's no they wouldn't have seen their servants as people yeah and I love that the director made that very clear I mean Emma's having trouble just seeing like the rich merchant what's his name mr cole yeah. as as like a human being like they're not going to be nice to their servants like they're okay to them but just always the presence of the servants there, like entering rooms or moving screens or it's almost like they're not there yeah like, they're there but they're not there right and i i know she like threw in the nudity scenes for that depiction so oh that you mean the see... getting dressed yeah the getting yeah. dressed scenes they didn't really work for me but i understand why she put them in and I, I see what she was trying to do with the... I think that it was brilliantly done because it was never a forefront. She was still making a point. But I, I just felt like those scenes kind of took it over the top for me. I like the scenes of getting dressed and spending time with them just dancing. Or I feel like this director really loved period drama and knew their audience and knew that we often watch these movies for that pageantry and for those scenes of like, putting on the different layers or there's so much detail in the movie you know the sets the wallpapers the cakes they eat the it's very visual and obviously it has a budget that some of these other movies just don't have like the mark strong version you know some of these other tv versions so i appreciated that because it was so indulgent to me as the viewer um, and actually that scene it's just a really brief scene of nudity but when i watched it in the theater i was Probably the youngest person there and the old lady behind me, like, gasped. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. <laughs> she, like, didn't expect it at all. Well, because it's not been done. It, it's not really, not only not been done in any of the other movies, it's not really mentioned in the book. Like, it's there's never, like, a, the whole theme of, like, showing the difference in class structures was never done from a servant level. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes, and she yeah. took it to the extreme of trying to put that, like, putting that in there so that you could see the class structures to the fullest extent, which I actually really liked. I just, for some reason, I just, I feel like sometimes that when nudity is put in, it it didn't work for me when I watched it, but when I went back and looked at it from a different perspective, I liked it more. Does that make sense? Like, because it's not done in a sexual way. And I think that that was, Mm -hmm. I I think I had the same reaction as the lady behind you. It was kind of like, why? Like, why is that in there? (laughs) Why is it necessary? And then when I like went back to like, look, to kind of read about it and look about it and saw some of the other people's opinions on why it was in there i was like okay it makes more sense but it's still i didn't know if it worked for me Mm -hmm. no that's that's totally fair because it's like you said definitely something new 
Um, I think it also added to sexual tension. Jane Austen is not an author who, you know, it's not like Jane Eyre. It's not like there's these sweeping, like romantic things. It's very subdued and it's all in the emotions. And the other version of a Jane Austen movie that does sexual tension really well is the Karen Knightley Pride and Prejudice. Just oh, by, they did a great job. You one. know, just by their proximity and yeah. the shots on the hands. And I thought this movie did such a great job with that and really continued that tradition of not nobody's like making out or anything you know in in like a really ridiculous way there's no sex scenes no, there's the, no the, the tension between the two leading characters in this movie is phenomenal uh, even like, between harriet and mr robert martin yes yes it, well. agreed agreed yeah. I, I think they did a nice job of like having the tension i just don't know if the scene the the nudity scenes added that anything to me got that. it does to that me, make sense it yeah. was like it, it it wasn't a sexualized scene it, it it was actually slightly enduring in her character especially when she like lifted up the skirt to like warm her bottom mm -hmm. but it was it just didn't work for me it just felt like it was added in there as an artistic point but right. didn't work right. like it didn't need it or didn't add anything to the movie for gotcha me. does that if that makes yeah, sense yeah i think to me just added that these were like real life people and they had just just the yeah. she was more conscious of their bodies i feel like than maybe other versions have been and then to me that that really worked well and in harmony with the scenes of them dancing or their hands touching or it, it created a more like sizzling atmosphere by just adding these really unsexualized scenes of nudity in it yeah um so yeah but you're if it didn't work for you, that's totally yeah. No, no, valid. no. It just yeah. it, it didn't work for me. It it's, just it just seemed it it actually the the main reason that you like the scenes like the the show of like I don't I like period piece dramas as as much as you do, but you like them for sometimes I feel I, I sometimes I get the vibe that you like them for the like the aristocratic like all the the dressing and stuff. And oh I don't, yeah, you yeah. know what I'm saying. And that that doesn't appeal to me when I watch them as much as it does you. It's me. I just like the. I think the stories back then are more original and I like the interactions and how the emotion hasn't have to be right up in your face. Mm -hmm. And I just, mm -hmm. so to me that scene, I didn't need it. Do you think then the set dressing and the costumes and all that were too over the top at times? Or do you think it always matched the... I think it matched the character the display character. very yeah. well, actually. I, 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 they weren't as, they weren't as fitting to the movie, uh, to the original set like the original like timeline but they were beautifully done i actually thought the same thing and then i watched i tried to do a bunch of research on it and watched videos on it because i thought the skirts were so short mm -hmm. like because they show their ankles most of the time and i thought that was pretty shocking and then i found out that in 1815 there was a really short period of time when women wore these really short dresses even in evening wear even in like, they would wear shorter dresses, usually in Regency times, for things like dancing and, like, a walking dress. Or, and also, people of the lower classes would, of course, wear shorter dresses because they're, you know, doing manual labor. But, yeah, so that was actually pretty accurate, even though I vehemently thought it was not. And a lot of the patterns, like, um, Emma has this pink jacket that has all these patterns on it and all this embroidery on it. That's an exact replica of like a picture they found of the time. And a lot of the patterns are actually just, and that is so rare to have the money to make all these extravagant costumes mm -hmm. and the different fabrics they wore. You could really tell who was poor and who was rich just by the textures. Well, not just the textures, but the color usage. And that was one mm -hmm. something that I liked in the set better than on other movies is that they were really, they used color to show the different classes and i mm -hmm. thought that that was very well done it, it was the set and the the costumes were beautiful i think they added to the script for sure also there's a little detail of um just wanted to point this out about the costumes where emma wears a pearl necklace which would have been such a precious thing at the time and the pearls are not perfectly round and that's something that always bothers me and i'll always point it out that we are now so used to growing pearls and they're, you know, they're always yeah. perfectly round. They're these perfect shapes. And that wouldn't have been something that was a requirement or even something that was wanted at the time. So the way they were presented, it seemed, it seemed more organic. 
Yeah, and I mean, so many costumes you see over and over again because they just rent them out mm-hmm. for every BBC drama. So it's it's just really special to see something that's, yeah, that has this budget, again, like I said before. Yeah. Yeah, and that, that yellow coat that Emma wears. Oh, yeah, I mean, it's so, classic. Yeah. That's why it's in all the posters. And also the just the commodity of light where everything in her mansion is like so big and bright. Same with Mr. Knightley. But then you go over to like Mrs. Bates' house and everything's really dark. dark. and drabby. Yeah, yeah. And the piano takes up the whole room because it's such a douchey present and they don't have room for a piano, yeah. you know, because the house is so small. So I thought I, visually it really worked for me. And walking out of the theater to everybody else was like, Everything was like a perfect photograph, like every shot was thought through and even the choreography of people moving around, you could tell that everything was intentional. And I know that you said that that sometimes felt a little too overacted for you. I feel like in the very beginning, like I said, the opening scene was my was my toughest part in the movie as it as it developed. It didn't bother me as much, but Mm -hmm. for some reason... There was a rhythm to the speech that I didn't like in the very beginning. It was and also almost like they were walking too. Yeah, it, it was step. just everything was done in like a rhythm to the song that was in. And I think it was, I think it was well done in the sense of like it was very visually appealing. But for me, it just as something about the rhythm didn't. It I didn't just, feel natural. It didn't feel natural. Mm-hmm. It just felt like kind of contrived. But I mean, I think that was the, that was the purpose of it. I feel like if I watch it a second time, I'm going to like it more. Like every time I watch it, I feel like I'm going to get more respect. I'm going to notice more things. The first yeah. time I watched it, I was, I think I, I am such a, I was so fanatical about the, the Emma that was done with Gwyneth Paltrow mm-hmm. that like, I tended to compare, go back and forth. And I liked that one so much. It was like, oh, well, I don't like her because she's not like that. Right. But then when I went back and I read the book and I like looked over things, I was like, okay, maybe I should rewatch this movie, which I still want to do. So what's your take on the father? Um, so we talked about the dad not being as valetudinarian as he's really supposed to be. He's he's a little too spry. He jumps around a little too much. I think that I liked his character. When I was watching it, he was definitely a comic relief throughout the mm-hmm. entire thing. Looking at his portrayal from what the book is, it's it's it doesn't match at all. Yeah. Because like he's not supposed to be feeling well all the time, right? Mm-hmm. He's supposed to be constantly worried about draft. And yet in the opening scene, the first time you see him, he's jumping over the ledge of the staircase in the background. Yeah. And that's very, uh, the actor is like known for that, that kind of spryness in his roles. Like it, it, almost everything I've ever seen him in, he's mm. always kind of like that character. So I think, I feel like the very beginning when they, when he jumps over the thing, I'm like, that doesn't fit in with what he would do. He would be so upset if he saw someone else do that. Like so upset that it would like, they would hurt mm-hmm. themselves mm-hmm. or, I mean, there's like a constant lovability to his character. But there's always a constant worry to his character. Like he's mm-hmm. always constantly worrying about other people's health, about whether they're supposed to eat the cake. And he even shows that in the in the movie. So he like buys into that aspect, but then he's jumping over the banister. Yeah, he like that, jumps down the steps. Yeah, like uh, it doesn't really like. I did, think I've just seen me. the, I've just seen the dad so many times with the blanket and the nightcap. You know, he's mm-hmm. always wearing the hat, and that I actually really liked him immediately jumping up and being like oh is there a draft is there i didn't mind that they changed that no like honestly. i said i didn't mind i actually like i said his character is a comic relief through the entire movie i think it brings in such a like a nice warmth to his character that was never really there before i just don't like that one scene yeah you had trouble with the beginning i, I really the, did yeah. i think i feel like they just i i feel like they weren't settled in their characters yet yeah does that i don't know if that makes sense but like i feel yeah. like like, it was kind of cold in the beginning a little for me. Like, as, as it got, not for all of them. Like, Mr. Knightley from start to finish to me worked. There wasn't, like, a point where mm-hmm. his character didn't work for me. I liked what they did with his character in terms of, like, like still having the age gap there, but making his looks a little bit more viable and, like, his character a little bit more innocent so that they work together. So there's more of a balance. Yeah, I don't think there was that big of an age gap in this one. I think that was a conscious choice where how i don't know from what i read there there is a huge difference in their age like in reality so like i think there's like a 12 year age gap but because he looks so young yeah okay okay and he they they thought it would work better and people would 
be more accepting yeah, of his character. I noticed that he doesn't have those lines that's like, oh, I held you when you were a baby. All those lines yeah. in the book and another version. Well, they tried, they definitely made a, a, a distinct choice. I mean, no, it was very classic and known back then for there to be such an age gap. They wanted to make it more relative that's, to the yeah. time. And, they, and I definitely liked how they took the masculinity down by like showing his weaknesses a lot in this movie, like showing him tearing up at the wedding scene, mm-hmm. even to his like crying despair when he like, they oh, made him more. Oh, when he's laying in his house. Yeah. That like, scene is so funny. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, that's why his character worked for me so well, because they actually did modernize his character a little bit. Did you like that scene they added of him realizing that he's in love with her and running to her house? Um, I definitely think it fit in with the movie. I really liked that scene. What I didn't like is then it, descending into complete like ridiculous chaos when harriet gets yes. carried in that was the part it was like it was really was good like, and i like felt like it needed something more there and then she like got carried in and she was being ridiculous and i don't know it was like such a powerful scene and then it kind of got like smashed yeah. yeah i think to me there's so many humor misfires in this movie because you can't have every character be ridiculous yeah like, you have these great scenes of friendship between Emma and Harriet. But then why make Harriet always be in the background with her eyes popping out and like she's just so ridiculously portrayed in this? And yeah, she's my least likable character in this. Not just that, but like how they portrayed her, like accepting, like blaming Emma for like the Mr. Martin. Like there was that scene where she like, she's like, you made me tell him no. Or like, Oh, really? When when was that? I don't remember. Scene? It was like they were they were talking about her liking um, them both liking Mr. Knightley. And I it was like, like that, that because scene. she's kind of standing up for herself, which is not something we never really got. And I know, but I just never really got that that would have been her character, like how her character would have reacted. Cause yeah, char- no, because she's very meek and like very... And to me, it's like you can't just all of a sudden throw in a backbone to a character that doesn't have a backbone it's a character journey uh, but there was no development it was just too sudden yeah it was like yeah. it was like there wasn't there wasn't like a moment where she's like starting to speak up for her. you know what i'm saying like i i just i never really saw it and then all of a sudden it was just like this spiteful moment and it was just like i don't know if that works for me if they were gonna do it i feel like they should have done it like in little pieces i got gotcha. it shouldn't just be like a burst of you know what now i have my i don't know it just didn't work for me Gotcha. Yeah, I think Harriet, the the vicar is absolutely ridiculous and too over the top. And then you also have the dad being a humorous character. And I think that really also detracts from, I mean, they got Miranda, what's her name? Miranda Hart to be in this movie and be so funny as Miss Bates. But then I feel like she's so overpowered and not allowed to shine because I'm like, well, I have all these other ridiculous characters that are constantly being over the top. So you're just another another one in the line. Yeah. I, I feel like her character didn't... Miss Mrs. Bates' character were amazing. Miss Bates, sorry. But I, I, I feel like Jane Fairfax didn't work for me at all either. I like this Jane Fairfax. Do uh, you? Later on, not in the beginning, but... I just hated the dual scene, like the singing scene. Which character? The scene, the the piano scene. Where she owns Emma and playing the piano? Yeah, I don't have a problem with her owning Emma. I just felt like there was a smugness or a uh, just kind of an overconfidence that wasn't really there in the book for me or wasn't really there in any of the other movies. And I don't know if I like it. Like, Miss Fairfax was supposed to be like this overwhelmingly nice person and just kind of like genteel. And then all of a sudden she's just like this... She's always supposed to be a better piano player and a better singer, but it was... I like the fact that she duetted... I'm talking over myself, but I like the fact that she duetted with Mr. Knightley. I think that was important. You like that scene? I do like that scene. I just feel like her attitude in it was wrong. Like, there was a, a, a smugness or, like, a conceit in her in this uh, role I guess I didn't see that. I just that saw I didn't her as, like. I saw her as really reserved, and there's other versions who have, like, Emma approved to have done that, where she comes off almost kind of mean but she's really just being really silent and not sharing anything yeah Um, and that 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 was fine for me it was just there was a 
it was like when no one was looking, if you looked at her face, there was like an evil smile there. And it was not something that there I... There was no evil smile. Oh, there was for me. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> it, maybe I just didn't like her and it just... But there was just this evilness to her character in this that I didn't, I didn't like. Jane Fairfax to me is one of Austin's most tragic characters. There's no happy end for her. Yeah. She, she has all these accomplishments and, you know, she's better at Emma, but still she's poor and she almost has to be a governess and she's just relying on, on Frank yeah. to get his act together. I, I mean, there's that line that Mr. Knightley has at the end that puts it perfectly and I think is very much the author passing judgment where he's like, he makes so many mistakes and everybody's so happy to forgive him. Yeah. And he feels really bad for Jane Fairfax. There was actually one scene in this movie that I thought that I really, really liked that they hadn't put in any of the other ones, or I don't even think it was in the book. It was the mention of why he missed his father's wedding. It showed a dislike for his character that should be there. Does that make well, sense? Well, it's because his aunt needed him, right? No, in the book, in the movie, they talk about it was like the first scene that he met Jane. That's why they say, that's why he told his father that his aunt needed him, but he was actually like out of town. Oh, I forgot friends. about that. Yeah. So I, I liked that, that they did that. Yeah, but at the same time, like, so for example, the Mark Strong version has a scene at the end where they're just so in love and they're finally together. I I don't like that. I don't think this is a good marriage. It's not no. a marriage of equals. Jane Fairfax isn't. No, he, this isn't he was a happy flirting end. with Emma the entire movie, right in front of Jane yeah. Fairfax. Like, there's no way that I could like this character. And I I I liked that they made him a little bit more villainous in the other Emma version with Gwyneth Paltrow. They put in what, what was his name? Ewan McGregor. Ewan McGregor, and you like him throughout the entire movie. Yeah, like so Ewan much because it's yeah. Ewan McGregor, and he's just a likable character. Yeah. And I liked him in that movie, and it wasn't a problem. But when you look back at like how he should be portrayed, and like what an ass he is to like Jane Fairfax to sit there and be flirting and like be like playing around with her emotions so much, mm -hmm. it's like you just want to smack him. But you don't want to smack him in that movie. I liked him better yeah, in this one. Yeah, they also didn't have that scene of when the governess, what's her name, Mrs. Weston, when she says to Emma, like, oh, I think Mr. Knightley sent that piano. And Emma's like, oh, really? But then Mr. Knightley walks up to Emma and is like, what a douchey present. It's pretty much like the horse yeah. from Sense and Sensibility that Willoughby gives to Marianne. Yes. It was just like such a stupid present. Yeah. And then Emma realizes, oh, it couldn't have been Mr. Knightley because he... Yeah, he's not that... Yeah, he has tact. Yeah. And, and and that's never discussed in this movie, that what a stupid present it is. There's no line about that. Yeah. And they really, they don't lean into it being a love story, but they also don't spend a lot of time on Frank mm -hmm. in this movie, which is a choice. I mean, you only have so much time yeah. to really put in a movie. So poor Jane. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. Oh, um, how did you like the proposal scene with the nosebleed? People are so split on that. I'm still split on it. And yeah. I watched and read like several things about it. And I just, I understand why it was in there. I definitely think it was, I don't think it was, came across to me as funny as it was supposed to. Because I think it was done in there as a comic relief and kind of like to show a lack of romance. But at the same time, like a practicality to like, I, I don't know if I liked it. So I liked the tension and pressure in that scene. And I actually looked up that the director added Sound of Bees in there mm -hmm. to make it even more tense. Which I have to rewatch and look out for that. I'm sure my subconscious brain heard that and I just don't remember. But it's just just all that pressure and like final release of her nose starting to bleed. Like I liked it. I was like, I've never seen this before and I don't need this book has been made into a movie twenty times already. Yeah, I'm cool nice... with it being like something different and him like fist pumping the air. That and, I liked. Yeah. That reaction was classic. <laughs> um I just She's so vain throughout the entire movie to sit there and have blood being on her face, like in front of someone. Like, I just, I think that was the part that didn't work for me. I just, like, didn't see her reaction as... But she doesn't care anymore because she's in love, Stacy. They're finally together. Yeah, no. <laughs> I liked it. <laughs> I really liked it. I think... That's... I definitely think it was new and original. And I liked yeah. how they didn't jump into, like, them, like, kissing or anything like that. I think their first kiss scene was perfect. I loved that the father was like putting up screens. Yeah, the screen team. Oh my God, it was back. so amazing. And then it just cuts out to the servants being like, "What? I hate my job. <laughs> <laughs> it was, I mean, it was, it was such a great scene. I just, I think it worked in the movie. I just don't know if I like, I don't know if I buy that she was just sitting there with blood on her lip. Like, I think it was, I think it would have worked if she like was better about like wiping it off. 
Like, I don't know. I know that sounds weird, but it's just her vanity didn't work for me in that. I don't, I, I, like I said, I have more of issue with her than I do any of the other characters. In Interesting. The, so I think that may be why I was so critical of everything. I think maybe if I rewatched it, that I might have a different viewpoint. That scene, especially in the Gwyneth Paltrow version, it's one of the only scenes where Jane Austen actually writes out the dialogue because she'll just write like, oh, and... Elizabeth and Mr. Darcy went on a walk and they talked and they're together now. You know, there's not a lot of dialogue in yeah. these final scenes. And there's that really famous line where he says, if I loved you less, I may be able to talk about it more, which is, I love that it was in this version. I also thought it was really interesting that it wasn't in the Jeremy Northam version, which is such a great scene between Gwyneth Paltrow and him. And the dialogue they write for that is completely new and original where he's like, oh, my dear friend, Emma. And like, it's, it's such a wonderful, beautiful scene. And I think that's just another example of not sticking with the book at all. You're, you know, you're the director. You can do your own thing yeah. and you can make it work for your movie. So, yeah, yeah, it, they both work for me. I, oh, I also really like the dance lesson scene between Harriet Smith and Emma where they're like having a sleepover. Oh, yeah, I thought that was really cute. Even in the actual dance later on harriet is less skilled at it than emma mm -hmm. so i thought that was nice that these actors weren't getting the same amount of direction or training and like well emma obviously has to be better at this than harriet and there were so many sweet scenes like that that i just wish a lot of the times that harriet wasn't treated like such a joke like I, I feel know. like that they did such a better job in this one and than I have seen in the past of their relationship. Like you, yes. you actually see yeah. a relationship and a friendship there and a mutual respect that I don't always see in the other ones. Like I, mm -hmm. I it, it always seems contrived, like they're friends because she pities her. Mm -hmm. And in this one, I see that maybe it started off like that, but then there becomes more of an actual friendship. Their chemistry together as friends worked really well. What do you think about the cake scene? Oh, the sand cake thing? Yeah, like, what was that? Did we look up if that was a real oh, thing? Oh, no, I never, did? I forgot to look it up, but I just, that whole scene, I just don't know why it was in there. I think it was I don't just know to why show it was necessary. That, it was just to show that these, this is how these schoolgirls clown around. And even though Emma's kind of the same age, she's like too refined and too pish posh to like participate in any of that. I don't know. I don't know because, I mean, how old are the schoolgirls? Because. I think Harriet's like 18 and Emma's supposed to be like 21. She's supposed to be right? 21. So I, I don't know if she would have, maybe it would have been different if she was younger. Yeah. Or maybe I that know. was something to show the age. I just don't know why it was necessary. It's a weird one. It, it, it yeah. just was like thrown in there. It didn't really add or take away from the plot. It was like, it was cute. You know, it was like a cute scene. I just don't know if it added anything. I, like, I just, I was like, I watched that and I was like, what is this? Like, yeah. why are we watching yeah. this? I don't know. It just was such a weird. <laughs> throw in like random yeah. I don't know what else scene. to say to that yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I do also really like the line that Emma has about if Harriet does marry Robert Martin which she is against and tries to prevent their their status would be such that she could no longer interact with Harriet yeah when she says like oh I just want Harriet for myself you know and she's she's very selfish she's not thinking of what's best for Harriet no. or but it's another one of these cool little class things in there that I, I, really I, like. I like that and i i definitely liked how so in the book you really feel the loss that she feels from losing her best friend and her oh the governess the Mrs. governess Weston, yeah. yeah so like you know she, that's like her mother but also like her best friend yeah. and Ms. she Taylor. loses her and she doesn't have her like right there like every second mm -hmm. and i feel like in a lot of the movies they don't really touch on that relationship mm -hmm. or like that loss that emma feels and in this movie, they do a really good job of, like, mm -hmm. showing that and then showing why she wants to have a friend. Like, it, mm -hmm. do you, it, does that make sense, what I'm trying to say? Yeah, it's just like, the sense of isolation. Yeah. Where Emma is like, oh, yeah, she's the best piano player in her community of, like, 30 people. Yeah. Like, but she's not allowed to leave. She's not going to Box Hills, yeah. like, a huge deal for her because she's never gone anywhere. Yeah. So I, I thought it was very, thought it was really, real done. Mm -hmm. like that aspect of it because it's lacking in the other in other adaptations and in this one it was like explained why she wants a friend and like why she wants it explained her character a little bit more does mm -hmm. that, that make sense so. definitely i also really love the family dynamics at, at between the woodhouses oh yeah in the book the brother-in-law mr knightley's brother uh-huh 
is super douchey and like yeah. treats the sister like trash. Yeah. And they almost reverse that in this version where he's just putting up with her. You know, she's constantly worried about the, her health, just like the dad. Yeah. And then when they leave, the dad's crying and you have that scene of Emma trying to comfort him and the relationship between Emma and her dad, but then also between the dad and the sister. And then it, I really loved at the end of the wedding when the brother-in-law is like crying at the <laughs> wedding. He's well, like a big softy after all. Like, well, that's the funny part because in the I feel like in the books they always say like how fond Mister Knightley is of Emma, like the not Mister Knightley but the the, the brother. Oh, is he see the older brother? He's the I, younger brother. He's the younger brother. So they always say that they have like a close bond, but then you like never really see it in any of the other movies, at least for me. And then in here, it's like you have this duality of nature where he's always like constantly in a bad mood because of the sister and then at the same time like you still want to feel that he has a warmth toward the family mm -hmm. and i think they did a nice job of like playing into that and especially with that scene where they like mm -hmm. have him like you're like oh okay there's yeah. there's that that we're missing yeah. and also so. what i've never seen done which maybe i'm just misremembering but that scene of the mix-up with the characters where emma gets left behind at the christmas party because everybody took like the wrong carriage it's in the book and then the brother-in-law feels really bad about having left emma behind once yeah. they finally get home and she ends up with the vicar in the carriage and you have that scene of him yeah what did you think of him like bursting out and then like I, leaving it, well i actually really liked his portrayal in this except for that scene he was a good comic relief he brought a like an aspect of that character to life to me that i felt was missing in other things because in the version with gwyneth like she like the character's so I like him. I don't do? know. I love that like, see, actor. Yeah. I like that actor, but I just like never, I was like, he's not handsome. There's not like a, there's not oh, an right. ass, you know what I'm saying? Like he's not, I, I never understood why he was even a prize in that right, movie. Right, right. But this one, it's like, you have this really good looking guy. Now, how are you going to make him ridiculous? And he did a good job of like playing down his looks and coming across like a complete doofus yeah and a vanity like even in his yeah, script you know like even yeah. in his sermons like he's god is telling him to do this right, like right. i don't know there was a there was definitely a, a brilliance to his portrayal in in terms of like being able to play ridiculous but still being able to like be seen by some as you know you, you she's a witty character mm -hmm. so you have to believe that she there's a something in him that she can see that maybe she miss misses later does that make mm -hmm. sense i don't know i liked him bursting out like underneath all that veneer of like he's so pompous he just has throws his fit and like leaves the carriage <laughs> i just think that there was like a hostility to it that i i, I don't know if i would have seen I don't know. It seemed very, it seemed much more dramatic mm -hmm. than it needed to. Mm -hmm. I, I, I feel like it could have been toned down just a little bit mm -hmm. based on his reactions to everything else. Yeah, that's understandable. I thought it was weird that he just got out of the carriage in a snowstorm. I mean... Well, it wasn't really a snowstorm. <laughs> the dad was kind of exaggerating, but which I feel so bad for the Westons when they all get up and leave because it starts snowing and <laughs> like, like haven't even started dinner yet. Yeah, like, it was, oh, it was a very... <laughs> It was definitely a scene cut short. Do you like that they left out the whole scene with the uh, letter, like the poem the that riddle? they're supposed to write? Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I was good without it. Yeah, it didn't I didn't feel like it was missing because it would have made Harriet look even more ridiculous. Like yeah. she can't figure out the courtship riddle, and yeah, I thought it was actually perfectly done that it yeah. didn't go in there. Did you like the vicar's wife? I love her as an actress because I've seen her in other roles. She's on a Netflix show called Sex Education, and she plays the, like, ridiculous, very confused and very into, like, sci-fi character where she's sex at, like, wants, is so wanting to have sex, but then is, like, obsessed with alien sex and, like, all kinds. <laughs> it's the most over-the-top character you could ever see, and she's, she's so brilliant in it that, I like, I think she did a really good job of, like, playing... I thought she was great. I thought she was amazing. Yeah. I, and so far, everything I've seen her in, I've, she's amazing. So I, I, I think that I might have been tainted in her performance just because I like her mm -hmm. so much as an mm -hmm. actress. But she didn't let me down. I also love that her outfits were not of the time and maybe not accurate. And those hairstyles wouldn't be popular until, what, like 20 years later? Yeah. But that she tries to be so fashionable and tries to be like so haute couture when yeah. it's when she just kind of looks a little ridiculous. and. Again, that scene in the church that they came up with for this movie that shows the 
class relations where Emma and her dad obviously sit in the front, Mm -hmm. but she's now sitting there because now she's the wife and she takes the front pew. So then the Coles move over and they don't want to sit with the Coles because they're like not on the same class level. So they sit one rung behind her. Just the, just so many things going on in that one scene that. No, I liked it. Definitely. That was a cool scene. It was a very cool scene. It also just showed like a power. Yeah, power yeah, move, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it was, it was definitely a power move by her character, which she's kind of known to do throughout the book as well. So it really worked for <laughs> yeah. me. When she tries to like take over Mr. Knightley's house. Oh my God, like, that was amazing. <laughs> God. And she like calls him Knightley and she doesn't even know him. Yeah. Like even when she did that in this movie, I'm st- it's one of those things where you're always shocked at it. Like how dare she yeah. do that? But she did it in such a way where you're like, oh. Yeah, <laughs> she's just, you don't hate her in this so movie, gutsy. but yeah. she's so gutsy and like just uh, obstinate that you're like, but she does it so well. I don't know. She did, she really works for me. I, I I definitely think the acting in this movie was phenomenal. Like one of my favorites in terms. Yeah, of, besides the things that were too over the top for me, and but I think that acted, was like a directing aspect. Yeah, I just didn't like it. Yeah, I know that it was intentional, and you could tell that it was. It was just those few scenes, like the scene of Herod being attacked by the gypsies and where I was like, okay, let's let's tone it down a little bit. Just show me some like witty dialogue yeah. instead of making things ridiculous. It's just yeah. not the kind of humor that yeah. I'm into. Yeah. Um, something I really loved were Emma's drawings. And we've talked about this before many times when you show people being good at a skill and it's like way better than they're really supposed to be. Yeah. But like her watercolors are like just okay, but yeah. like she thinks she's good at it because she hasn't seen anything else. They weren't like these amazing paintings. And I, like when they showed her drawings, I just broke out laughing because I was like, yeah, that's perfect. That's yeah, it the worked perfect really well. prop yeah. for this movie. <laughs> Do you think it would be appropriate for her to go to Mr. Martin and... No, but I liked it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like no i don't think that's something that would happen in real life but i like that scene i appreciated it of her especially in that scene of the proposal of, of mr knightley being like oh obviously i'm going to be the one to talk to mr martin like they haven't even been introduced and yeah. emma is like is very against decorum to just walk up and give him that present and talk to him and i i like that it was like a character growth moment yeah, I, I definitely like the character growth moment. I don't know. They've done several things in this movie where it's not like against decorum mm-hmm. of the times. So I definitely think it worked for this movie. I was just, it was definitely an interesting insert. Also, how do you like Mr. Martin? I, I, I liked him. I like, I think a lot of versions really don't show him much. Um, and I appreciate them spending a little bit more time with him and mm-hmm. also the sisters having that scene in the shop where mm-hmm. they walk in and it's kind of awkward. And I think it's too easy to just follow whatever Emma tells you, especially yeah. in the book and be like, oh, he's not suitable. Yeah. Like, oh, because he hasn't read this one book or whatever yeah. it is. But in this one, you can almost really see Mr. Knightley's view of like, he's her better. Like yeah. she, We don't know what family she's yeah. from or... Uh, I liked how they humanized the character a little bit. Yes, they, yeah. they they actually made him more prominent and he wasn't just mm-hmm. some backdrop, which I think really adds to the storyline, especially since it kind of adds to Mr. Knightley's character. And like, it, it, it worked really well for me. I just, I thought I would mm-hmm. give a little shout out to him because I thought he did a good job. And I think also that scene of Mr. Knightley coming around and saying to Emma, you know, Harriet has some qualities that yes. the vicar's wife lacks and you chose better for him than he chose for himself, I think is... Such a lovely scene. That whole scene I thought is so well done. I have not seen it done badly in any adaptation yeah. where Mr. Knightley dances with Harriet. I think it's it's so sweet every yeah. time. And the dance scene again in this between Emma and Mr. Knightley was just to create sexual tension. I thought it did a really good job of that, of showing, you know, their hands touching in the slow movements and just being there with them and just watching the dancing. So yeah, no, it was really beautifully done and it really did capture like why you think that they should be together because there's yeah. a, an intensity that was there and a innocence on both characters that it isn't always there in all the other movies. Yeah, I think I've seen a lot of people make the case that Mr. Knightley is the best Austin hero, yeah. even though maybe he's not my personal favorite or, but he's, he's independent, he has sound judgment, he's strong-willed, mature. You know, at the end, he gives all that up to be like, no, I'm going to live with you in this house yeah. to take care of your dad. So he's 
he's definitely one of the stronger heroes. Not that there's really a bad one. Yeah. But really I, well I, done in this. Yeah. What do you think of how rude, like in the box, the box hill scene, how rude she is? That worked for both of us, right? Yeah, we it were worked. Just it worked really well for me. I just, in the heart. I was like so <laughs> struck by it because in other in other adaptations I haven't seen, like it wasn't as offensive to me. Like it was done so like moderately that I was like, in this one, it was just like. And you like you, felt, like, felt it, it coming. And yeah, it was just like when she finally says it, like, oh, it's the trouble of you saying only three stupid things, yeah. and you're like, oh. <laughs> it's just so just awkward. the facial expressions of yeah. everyone and just I actually really liked how they portrayed Mar mrs elton in that scene too oh but she's so pompous again too like what do you mean you want to know what i'm thinking yeah. how dare you i'm like i oh, just shut up <laughs> she's so great but also like <laughs> <laughs> well, you're not i mean i'm supposed to fully like her character I know. so i think it was i think it was such a just like nice walking little... <laughs> with a parasol with her husband i'm like oh god they're so insufferable <laughs> <laughs> oh i really like the last shot which is in the wedding scene but it's not of the church, it's not of the couple, it's just of Emma's face, and then she's closing her eyes. Mm -hmm. uh, and so we we start with Emma, we end with Emma, and even though there's all these other colorful characters that are all really important, the book is called Emma, and this is her story. Yeah. And I think that's something I usually will notice, like, what is the last shot a director will end their movie with? And this was the perfect one. Yeah, a I really agree. I, I, I definitely like the ending better than almost any adaptation i've seen so far yeah and i think the music too that gorgeous theme that they came up with that's like the italian singing and then you have the some environmental sounds in there like there's a sound of the clock winding um i think the who made the music is called isabel Wallerbridge, mm -hmm. the sister of phoebe Wallerbridge, who's the composer did you like the music or was it oh, too Oh, I thought the music folky? was brilliant. No, like, I liked the music. I told you the opening scene was the only real scene that where like the music played in and I don't know if it worked for me. I feel like I really should rewatch it. I tried to rewatch it and find a clip on it, but there's no clip on the opening yeah, scene. Yeah, it's not coming out until May 5th, I think, or something like that. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, they had a bunch of other of the scenes, but that one was just, I couldn't find it anywhere. And I really wanted to rewatch it because my first reaction was so negative toward it. I just liked it because it's like, oh, of course, them cutting flowers is like a servant would be doing that. Yeah. And they're choosing the flowers and not to romanticize that servant master relationship and just to show what it was back in the day. I thought it was I had never really seen that before. No, I mean, they definitely brought that class structure into this so well. And it was layered so peacefully within all of it where like there's points where it's goes you know you, you don't even notice it's there unless you're paying attention to it i feel like in some of the adaptations you only get like the top you know yes. the top cast yeah. you're not really seeing the bottom i think the only time that they try and like put that in is like the gypsy scene which you don't even get in this movie right um, that's true yeah but I, I think i feel like the scenes that they've added in are much more elegant and show that drasticness like mm -hmm. a lot more efficiently mm -hmm. the only other last thing i had to say about it was and we'll post this on Instagram for everyone to see, but there was a illustration done for the soundtrack by Carson Ellis, and it's a very modern, like this whimsical art style. And it's a picture of, it's a picture of Emma, and then it's a picture of Mr. Knightley, like laying on the floor with his, you know, in that scene where he's just like despairing. And it was commissioned by the director, and I guess she's friends with the illustrator. And... People may not realize this, but having actual art for your movies is pretty rare. Photography has taken over. And I think that age of like having these gorgeous movie posters like in your room that are these fantastic illustrations is pretty much over mm -hmm. because we just don't have that anymore. I think the only other director who I've seen that do is uh, Guillermo del Toro, who will commission these art pieces for mm -hmm. his movies. And... I just really appreciated that even though she probably couldn't do it for the main poster, she used extra artwork for the soundtrack and supported artists in helping create her movie. So we'll post a picture of that in a link so you guys can look at it. Yeah. And that's pretty much all I had on it. It's definitely one where you need to... You have so much baggage to do. You know, this isn't the first Emma we've seen. Oh, so it's, you it's definitely so many. need to like rewatch it again and... Yeah, I, I definitely think 
that it's something that I would like to rewatch and then see if my opinion changes on certain scenes mm-hmm. because I think I brought in I think that you do that with any Jane Austen or oh, like definitely, yeah. you have all these like already preconceived notions of what the character should be and how they should be displayed and like to see somebody take it and still put a new twist on it mm-hmm. after so many renditions like it was it's very well done it's very funny um mm-hmm. the wit in it isn't there there's some that didn't work it was a little over the top but mm-hmm. most of the characters did a really good job and the acting in it is phenomenal yeah that's really that's really well put stacy <laughs> thank you I, and i honestly appreciate even if something doesn't work i appreciate somebody trying something new same with we talked about little women you know we've oh, seen it a I million times movie. before you really have to dare something new and go at some of these classics from a new angle i mean there's that new Charles Dickens movie coming out. Yeah, I heard about that. I'm like yeah. excited to see it. Where it's like the director was like, well, we use colorblind and genderblind casting for theatrical things where Hamlet will be played mm-hmm. like by a woman or something like that. And he's like, why don't I just do that for this movie? So he has all these people of color playing all these different roles. And I was like, that sounds that sounds interesting. Yeah. And like, we'll check it out. Well, you definitely got to reinvent things. Otherwise, you're just telling the same story over and over again. Yeah. And I think that she did a really nice job in this of like, bringing in new themes that maybe didn't play as big a role mm-hmm. in other adaptations. And so it didn't take away from the main story point, but it's still, that's true. Yeah. You know, it was mm-hmm. still there and she, she brought a new light to him, which I thought was really brilliant. So yeah, give full credit to that. Thank yeah. you guys so much for listening. Again, you can find us at modern life pod on Instagram and Twitter. Email us at modern life pod at gmail.com and also visit our website modernlifepodcast.com Bye! Bye! Dearly beloved friends we gather here in the sight of God to join together this man and this woman in holy matrimony an honorable estate instituted by God in the time of man's great innocence (laughs) 